Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Welcome you to Faith Christian today. Glad that you are here. Glad uh, that we get to spend this time together this weekend. And welcome to April. Um, may not quite feel like it outside yet, but welcome to April. And that's exciting for a lot of reasons. We got some stuff coming up the next several weeks that we want you to know about. Uh, we're got a busy month around here. Busy, actually, next six weeks or so gonna be pretty busy. But let me just hit you the highlights of, of what's going on in April because we want to be sure that you are here and a part of what's going on. Uh, first is two weeks from today, April seventeenth. That is Easter Sunday, and we can't wait to celebrate the resurrection together. Uh, we'll be here at our normal times, 9 o'clock and 10.30 on Easter Sunday morning, uh, ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus is alive, and that, that historical fact, and then what that means for us, and the hope that we all have, because Jesus is alive. Uh, if you're tuned in online, hey, we would love to see you in this place on Easter Sunday to worship and celebrate with us, but if you're not ready to come back yet, we understand our live stream will be live both 9 o'clock and 10.30, but we hope that we'll get to share that uh, celebration together on Easter Sunday, April 17th. Now, one week after that, a little bit of a change to the schedule, one week after that, we are beginning the, uh, the months-long celebration of the 25th anniversary of Faith Christian Church. It was in April, 25 years ago, that this church began, and so we're going to be celebrating all from April all the way through uh, into the month of November this year with a lot of different events, a lot of different th special things happening in our services, outside of our services, things for families to do together. It's going to be a lot of fun over the next several months as we celebrate where we've been and where we're going uh, as a church. But on that Sunday, uh, April 24th, that's the end of the month, so three uh, four weeks from today, th three weeks from today, three weeks from today, April 24th, we're going to kick off that celebration. Our service time is going to look a little different. Uh, we're going to meet one service only on that Sunday. The service will begin at 10.30, but we want you to be here at 10. We're going to have some donuts and coffee and just some time to, to reminisce and look at some pictures and uh, celebrate being together at uh, 10 o'clock. At 10.30, our service uh, will begin. We'll have some special things in the service because we want to tell the story on that day, begin to tell the story of how this church began. And uh, one of the things that we have found as we have been talking to people and getting people to tell us their stories about what do you remember about the early days what was it like when we began one of the things that keeps coming back over and over and over again are words like family and together so what we're going to do on that Sunday morning, April 24th, we are going to worship together, but we're going to worship together as families and as a family around tables. There are going to be tables set up in this room. You're going to sit at a table as we sing together, as we worship together, as we commune together. And then when we're finished with our service, we're going to eat together. We're going to have a beautiful breakfast together on that day, April 24th. So mark your calendars. Be sure you're here as we kick off, begin this months-long celebration of the 25th anniversary of Faith Christian Church. We can't wait to share that with you uh, in this place and on Online as well. So we hope that you will be here uh, for that and for all the things that will happen uh, in the months ahead. <clears throat> this morning, as we uh, turn to our time of teaching, we're moving on in our Potholes series. We've been in this series for the last several weeks, taking us through Easter. And the idea of this series is that as we navigate through the journey of life that we're all on, there are some potholes, some obstacles, some, some detours along the road that we have to be careful to avoid, otherwise we might do some real damage to our lives. And to help us identify some of these potholes, we are walking with Jesus through the last week of his life, the Easter week, the Passion week, 
the week of all the stuff that happened to Jesus's life before the cross or in the cross we'll talk about that next week and the grave and on the other side of the grave what does that look like because we believe Jesus leads us not only to the grave but through the grave and what we're finding is as we walk with Jesus is that Jesus in this one week of his life deals with just about everything that we have to deal with in our one life and Jesus has to deal with people and relationships he has to deal with circumstances that are beyond his control he has to deal with emotions and as we read how Jesus dealt with these circumstances and people and emotions we're finding some ways that we can deal with these same potholes of relationships and emotions and circumstances in our life to avoid doing some real damage to our life and the pothole that we're going to talk about today I'm going to be honest just as we get started it's heavy we're kind of heavy today and it's the pothole of betrayal now there are some emotions in life that you don't just feel in your head you feel them in your soul you feel them in your chest you feel them in your gut your your whole body is overwhelmed by these these particular emotions not they're not all bad uh, an emotion like for instance love love is certainly one of those emotions joy is one of those emotions that you feel not just in your head but you you feel in your whole body that feeling when you get when you look down at your newborn child or your newborn grandchild and that that, that moment you're so full of love and so full of hope and joy and pride that you can feel it all the way down into your toes that, that's kind of what i'm talking about but on the flip side of that, there's some negative emotions that we feel just as deeply. And one of those emotions, one of those experiences that we feel so deeply in our gut, maybe more than any other, is betrayal. Every one of us has a story of betrayal. And they all hurt. They all hurt. People let you down. And it becomes a disastrous moment in your journey, in your life. Maybe it was a business partner that took your idea and ran with it. Maybe it was somebody that backed out on you at the last minute. Maybe it was a client that, boy, if we get this client signed, it's going to change everything for us. And they went with somebody else. Maybe it was somebody that you said, I do, to, and you promised the rest of your life to, and they made the same promise back to you, but they bailed. They didn't keep their promise maybe it was some kids that you invested your entire life in raising these kids and they just left they had no interest in coming back I know for a lot of people it happened at church and you had a church experience in your past and you just felt like they betrayed you they lied to you they left you they hurt you they didn't believe you I know I've had experience that experience with people before people that that I help people that I work with uh, within the context of the church ministering to people I give counsel to people that I see their lives radically changed by Jesus through what he does through this church and then they just leave just ghost you and hurts there's nothing quite like the feeling like feeling that sting of betrayal and can I just tell you the only thing that helps me in those moments is to remember that Jesus walked down that road as well. You see, Jesus doesn't just help us walk to the grave. He helps us walk through the grave. And that even includes the things that we experience before the grave. And Jesus shows us exactly how to walk through betrayal. It's probably the most famous betrayal story in all of history. 
It's the betrayal that Jesus experiences by one of his closest friends, a name that has become synonymous with betrayal, Judas. Let me set the scene. Earlier in the week, this is before Jesus has gathered with the 12 in, in the upper room for the Passover meal that will become the Last Supper. This is before the Garden of Gethsemane, before the trial, before the cross, before the tomb. Earlier in the week, let me show you what happens in Matthew 26, down at verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. One of Jesus' closest friends, one of his 12 disciples, he, the, the, look, it's so important that the religious leaders didn't come to him and say, hey, will you, will you betray Jesus? No, Judas went to them. He goes to the religious leaders of the day and says, how much will you give me? What's it worth to you for me to betray Jesus to you? 30 pieces of silver, not even gold. 30 pieces of silver they handed over to him. Judas begins plotting for the time to be right. So fast forward a couple of days, and now we're to that upper room. It's the Passover feast. They're seated around this table. I want you to notice what Jesus says when they're seated around the table. Verse 20. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. That's quite the icebreaker for a dinner conversation, isn't it? One of you is about to, yeah, that's not going to go well. So they all begin to wonder. If you read through the story, they all begin to wonder, well, who is it? Is it me? It's not me. Is it Jesus? It's not me. Oh, no, 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 Jesus is not me. And then even Judas, even Judas, knowing that it's going to be him, chimes in, it's not me. It's not me, is it? It's not me. Is it? It's like he's trying to blend in with everybody else. Jesus knows it's going to be him. Judas knows it's going to be him. You know, there's a pain associated with betrayal that's even worse than rejection. I like how author Max Lucado says it. He says, you are betrayed, bitten with a snake's kiss. It's more than rejection. Rejection opens a wound. Betrayal pours the salt. It's more than loneliness. Loneliness leaves you out in the cold. Betrayal closes the door. It's more than mockery. Mockery plunges the knife. Betrayal twists it. It's more than an insult. An insult attacks your pride. Betrayal breaks your heart. And just so you know the rest of the story, a few hours later, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, they're on the Mount of Olives that we talked about last week, Judas shows up with some Roman soldiers and torches and clubs. Verse 47, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priest and elders of the people. The traitor, I like how Matthew adds that little parenthetical. This, he wrote this afterwards. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him a kiss. Why a kiss? J J Judas, why, why a kiss? You could have pointed. You could have, there he is, he's over there, he's the one next to the guy, the short guy, that's him, that's him. You could have called his name. 
but you put your lips to his cheeks and kissed. A snake kills with its mouth. Jesus said, my friend, <laughs> go ahead and do what you've come for. Of all the names I would have chosen in that moment, I don't think friend is going to be high on the list. Now, people have debated why Judas did what he did. We'll probably never know. But why he did it, it, that's not really the point, at least not for today. What he did speaks loudly enough. I think part of the reason that we feel this Judas story on such a personal level, such a gut level, is because we've all been in the position of Jesus in this story. It's happened to us. We've had a good friend turn on us. For Jesus, it was Judas. For us, maybe it was a co-worker who said, that, hey, I'm going to have your back in the meeting, but when the time came, the meeting came, they clammed up. And their silence bought them a promotion, and their silence bought you a pink slip. For us, it's a pastor who spent years telling us how to live our lives and runs off with some woman in the church, leaving his wife and family in the church just in ruin. For us, it's a friend that we shared a secret with who decided not to keep it just between us. When good friends betray us, it hurts i mean these are our people these are the people the ones that even when the whole world turns its back on us we just know that we can trust them to be there except and you've been there haven't you sometimes our best friend sometimes our person lets us down sometimes you find out that your your fiance the one you've been planning and dreaming with has also been planning and dreaming with someone else Sometimes you find out that your own child is stealing money from you or mocking your faith or, or trashing your name. Sometimes you find out that someone in your family has violated a trust with your child. Sometimes you find out that your husband or wife is lying to you about where the money's going or where the time's being spent. These are the people that we're supposed to be able to trust. But sometimes you find out that one person that you should be able to trust, you can't. You've had a best friend let you down. You know how much this hurts. Jesus does too. So how do we deal with it? Well, let's see what Jesus teaches us. Let's take this story all the way back to the upper room to that moment where Jesus is gathered with the disciples and he says to them, one of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to do this to me. And they all turn to each other. Is it me? Is it me? It's not me. Certainly not me, Lord. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Even Judas, is it me? Look at verse 25. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. Here's what's amazing to me about this moment. And what, what I believe we can learn from Jesus and how to deal with this. Jesus knows. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. He knows it's Judas. Look at the very next verse. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for it is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks, thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it. 
For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Get the picture. Jesus confronted Judas. And then Jesus served Judas. Don't miss that. Jesus is about to feel this pain and betrayal. It's already begun. Because he already knows that Judas is going to do it. He knows what's going to happen. He knows it's going to be Judas. He knows who it is. And yet Judas is still at the table. Most of us would say, you know what? Just, just get out of here. Just, just get out of here. I don't want to see your face anymore. But Jesus has not only washed Judas' feet in this night, he's welcomed him to the table, and now he is about to serve him communion. The very first communion. The Passover that becomes the Eucharist. And Jesus breaks the bread, and he hands it even to Judas. And he takes the cup, and he blesses it, and he hands it to them, and he hands it even to Judas. Let me give you the principle. A principle from, from what Jesus does here that I think will help us when we are in the pothole of a trail. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. But here's the principle. The best way to handle someone who does something to you that you don't deserve is to do something for them that they don't deserve. The best way to handle someone who's done something to you that you don't deserve is to do something for them that they don't deserve. And I'm not talking about getting even. I'm talking about blessing them, serving them in some way. That's what Jesus does. Jesus reaches out to Judas and serves him just like he served everybody else at the table. So how do you do that? Let me try to make this practical. I know this is hard. Here's the first thing. We have to begin the process of forgiveness. Now listen, this is important. Forgiveness is not forgetting, no matter what your grandma told you. Forgiveness is not trusting again. Forgiveness is not necessarily even entering back into a relationship with your betrayer. Someone said that to forgive is to surrender your right to get even. I kind of like this definition. Forgiveness is to cancel the debt daily cancel the debt daily in other words we no longer view people as a score to settle we're going to even things up here we need to settle this debt or you, there's a debt that you need to pay me we surrender our right to get even as many times as we need to it's a process it's a process of forgiveness it doesn't just happen once it's a process and so we ask god to free us from the desire for revenge we will only forgive, we will only heal if and when we stop trying to take things into our own hands and if and when we learn to rely on God and put our trust in God. And listen, that's all fine and good and easy for the preacher to say on Sunday morning, isn't it? But there's a problem here. And you're already thinking it, and I know it before I even have to say it. You're thinking, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. Forgive people who stab us in the back. I've been there. That's ludicrous. I've been hurt like this before, and forgiveness is not exactly what I was thinking of in that moment. Risk trusting a God you can't see. 
<laughs> it's really difficult to trust a God you can't see because I can see my pain and I can see my anger and I can see my betrayer it's difficult to trust in a God who doesn't seem to be anywhere near us that I can't see so how can we do this thankfully we don't have to do it alone here there's a second way that we can navigate this pothole when we are betrayed our response must be to allow Jesus into our pain as we begin the process of forgiveness we have to be willing to allow Jesus into our pain let me say it like this Jesus cannot transform what we do not let him touch Hebrews 4 says we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses that word empathize very similar to the word sympathize helps us remember what that means that's the word for feeling strongly or to suffer with that's Jesus with us listen to me Jesus isn't just interested in the clean happy parts of your life he wants your pain he wants the mess he wants the hurt he wants the betrayal but we have to let him have it Jesus cannot transform what we do not let him touch and he cannot suffer with us if we keep him at a distance we have to allow him in have you ever tried to hug a stiff kid my daughter Molly used to do this all the time when she was little. Either when she was mad at us or she was sad or maybe just tired or sometimes just being goofy because she still does that. But we would say, come here and give me a hug and she would just like stand like this. And you try to hug a stiff kid and it's like, it, 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 she stretches her back out, tries to make it really difficult, stiff as possible because it's really difficult to hug a stiff kid. But eventually, you put your arms around the kid, eventually they give up and she stops fighting and she stops stiffening her body and she relaxes and she melts into my arms and she rests some of you are stiff it's not your fault the whole trust thing just didn't work out so well for you some of you are stiff because you've been burned you've been denied you've been betrayed and so this morning I'm not asking you to let me in I'm not asking you to open up to the person that hurt you. I'm not even asking you to open up to the person sitting next to you today. All I'm asking you to do is to let your guard down with Jesus. Let me pray for you. If our communion team will go ahead and take their places and get ready to serve our communion to us. Just bow your heads. I'm going to give you, like we did last week, I'm going to give you a moment just to kind of begin the prayer, and then I'm going to finish the prayer. I just want you to just, just, as hard as it is, as much as it hurts, I just want you to give that, that betrayal that you've experienced, I just want you to give it to Jesus. Just there with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Just pray, God, here's my hurt. You know what it is. You know what it looks like. You know who it was. So God, I give you this, even the mess, because you can't transform what you do not touch. Just you begin the prayer. Let me finish it.
God, today we come to you with our hurt, our pain, our betrayal, and we give it to you. We invite you into our hurt. We ask you to touch it, to transform it, to change it. God, do, do not let bitterness, the bitterness from betrayal, do not let that bitterness take hold in our hearts and poison the way that we think or, or poison the way that we view people. Help us to forgive. To begin the forgiveness process with those who, who have offended us. God, just as you have forgiven us. And teach us to love. Teach us to love just as you love us. And so we come now to the cross. We come to the table. We come to communion. And we remember and we recognize how you forgave. And we recognize, God, that we have all betrayed you. And yet, we're still invited to come to the cross. So we thank you for Jesus, the, ones, the one whose example and sacrifice we see on the cross. We ask it in his name. Amen. Let me invite you now to join me in a time of communion. Those servers are being on their way around to pass the trays, take a stack of the cups as they come around. One cup has your bread, one has your juice. Just hold on to those cups for a moment while we prepare to share in this time together. At communion time, we have a chance to take a piece of bread, this cup of juice, these emblems, these reminders of the body and the blood of Jesus. We do this every week here at Faith Christian. We do it every week because it is the moment that we remember when Jesus, what, what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus has done because of us and even what Jesus goes through with us. When we remember the time that Jesus suffered, that Jesus got up on the cross and everyone else betrayed him, he got up on the cross anyway. So as you take communion today, let me encourage you to, to do what I'm going to pray that we will do is to see Jesus, to see God in the flesh, hanging on a cross, suffering for us, suffering because of us, and suffering with us.